All right, guys, welcome to another episode of the Dirty Giants podcast. Before we start, I want to thank one of our sponsors, Scout to Hunt, the completely free offline GPS mapping app. Also, I just want to let you guys know that if you have any suggestions or uh, input on how we could make the podcast better, reach out on Instagram and send me a message. It's dirty underscore giants. Uh, I'd love to hear what you guys think that we could do to make the podcast better. Anyways, let's get started. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of the Dirty Giants podcast. Uh, this week we've got uh, Jaron McCourt, um, Ridge Runners underscore RR on Instagram. Uh, he's killed a lot of big bucks, it looks like, on his Instagram. He's going to kind of tell us about how he goes about that. And then he, he also guides, so I'll kind of let him introduce himself and tell us how he got into hunting and guiding. Yeah, uh, first, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, uh, yeah, thanks for getting on. <laughs> yeah, of course. I uh, actually killed my first animal when I was two years old. I, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't, I didn't, uh, know how to aim or anything. My dad would just let me pull the trigger on the 22 and he'd sit there and move the barrel until I hit the rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> That's how That's I got awesome. started. So you've been <laughs> at it for a while. <laughs> oh yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's how I got started. And then, uh, just as I grew up, I, I kept going with my dad and everything, um, every adventure that I could. And then, uh, once I got, was able to drive, I started venturing out on my own with my friends and all that. And then, uh, a local outfitter noticed that I was always out and about. I'd see him in the mountains quite, quite often. And, uh, he just asked me if I wanted to start helping him out. And I, uh, Started uh, spotting and packing meat for him for four, four or five years before I got my guide license, and then uh, just started guiding under him. Is that still who you guide under? Yeah, yeah, I still guide for him. Who is that? That would be uh, Gooch's Guide Service. Okay. Awesome. Okay, so I've noticed that you've taken a lot of... Um, in different states, so it looks like Nevada, Utah, and Colorado. Um, How do you go about, like, finding finding the unit that you want to apply for, and then once you draw the tag, how do you you apply for the same units, or are you learning new units every year? For the most part, I try and stick to the same unit. I mean, so I apply in seven western states, and... Everyone was always asking how I end up with tags and stuff, and that's how I do it. I, uh, I mean, it costs a lot and everything, but that's where I'd like to spend my money. So I just apply wherever I can, and uh, I actually use a few uh, sites like Epic Outdoors and stuff to help me decide on what units are producing, which ones aren't, and where I can draw. Um, I'm not really one to hoard points. I'd rather hunt more often, and. Uh, try and stick to the same unit, but if I can't, I'll, uh, I'm all about learning new places. So, so let's say you draw, let's just say an archery tag in a unit you're not completely familiar with. How would you go about, what do you do to kind of learn that unit and scout it for your, for your hunt? 
Yeah, so uh, most uh, results come out, I guess, May or June. So I'd uh, start e-scouting first, uh, getting to know the unit just uh, from an aerial view and all that. And then uh, I'd probably spend, man, I don't know, try and spend 10 to 20 days just uh, learning the unit, driving roads, uh, finding water, setting cameras. Um, and then as the hunt got closer, obviously glassing and stuff, looking for potential bucks. Um, but that's pretty much where I'd start. So then, so when you find, you find a, say you find a shooter buck, are you going to kind of focus in on him and try to learn his habits or do you like to more try to find more deer, if that makes sense? Yeah, I like to have options. Um, but if there is one that I am for sure set on, I'll put all my time into that. I'm, I'm okay with eating tags. Um, that was a hard part of hunting with my friends in my younger years. They, uh, they just wanted to kill something and I was always holding out and they were always trying to get me to shoot, shoot bucks and stuff, last day stuff. And I, I'm okay with eating tags. So, yeah, yeah, I think, I think that's the biggest difference I see with people I've talked to and, um, is the people who actually consistently kill big deer are the ones who are willing to pass up those good bucks. And it's tough so, when it's a, like, if it's a hunt, you don't get a hunt every year and stuff like that, all the out-of-state stuff, if, to let a buck go, you're probably not going to get another chance at him when it takes five to ten years to draw the tag again, so... Right. Yeah, that makes it that makes it difficult and then all the money and time you have invested. A lot of times you want to get things out of it. So it's easier oh, said sure. than done for sure. <laughs> yes it is. Always. So you killed a really nice buck in Nevada this last year. Do you mind kinda of going in and telling us the story of how that happened and what went into killing that buck? Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and say that one was 99% luck. Really? <laughs> I should have never had that tag with the amount of points I had. Well, and, I'm looking uh, at your Instagram. Didn't you draw it back to back? I drew it in 16 and then again this year in 19. Oh, last oh, year okay. 19. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, it's not a crazy hard hunt to draw, but it is for the amount of points I had, it, I shouldn't have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the, I wasn't expecting to draw anything, so I ended up uh really trying to push myself on booking elk hunts and so I already had a full schedule for the fall, so I didn't really get to spend any time scouting or anything like that for it. I had to just rely on what I learned in 2016. And uh my dad had the tag in 16 and with me in 19 also, and so we just decided oh, we'd so spend the full ten days of the hunt. You both drew that tag, then. That's crazy. Yeah, we always put it as a group for deer in Nevada. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah. <clears throat> and then, uh, yeah, we decided we'd just spend the full ten days over there and just use what we learned in sixteen and uh, as our starting point. Uh, we learned in sixteen. We had cameras out all summer, and. Uh, we didn't have any pictures of deer all the way until about the week before the hunt as the deer started migrating. And so, so this is, this is like that early October rifle hunt? Yeah, it's the uh, second week of October. Oh, okay. 
And so it was summer scouting really didn't help us either because the deer started migrating and then it gave you an idea of what was around, but that was about it. Right. Kind of so, more trophy potential more than looking for a specific deer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then apparently both years we drew were great moisture years also is what I was told. So. Okay. Another benefit on our side. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we, uh, we just headed over the day before the opener, got camp all set up that night. And then, uh, opening day, we just went to some of our spots from 16 and got up high on glassing points and just glassed and glassed and glassed. And that's my favorite way to hunt deer. But, uh, it ended up being a lot slower than we expected. We were not seeing the deer numbers and everything like we had in the last time we had the tag. And, so we started trying some new new areas, kind of uh, pushing cedars, seeing what we could bump out during the day. And uh, it was day, I think day three. That morning I decided to go back up where I killed my deer. It was up on a wilderness part of the unit, so I had to hike in about four miles. And uh, we hiked up before it got light and about halfway up we I ended up glassing this buck up and decided he was what I wanted and we ventured up the rest of the way and got set up and great the crazy thing is he was I probably shot him a hundred yards from where I killed my deer in sixteen. Oh no way. That's crazy. I mean exact I mean I shot him from the same ridge across the canyon. I was I mean it's it's like deja vu. Jeez. It was it was it's pretty cool. I actually, uh, Eastman's had me write up a story, so that'll be coming out probably sometime this year for it. But dang, so it was. So you, that's that's crazy. They're both right there. Yeah, and I, I mean, that's not exactly what I was expecting. But after when we got up to where we could glass from, after seeing how many deer were on the hillside, and then was finally able to pick him out with about five or six other bucks. Um, I figured that was just the best way to go about it, to go where I knew and a little bit of a longer shot, but, you know, knowing, knowing exactly where it was flat and everything up there on the ridge and where it'd be a good spot to be able to see him from if he'd bet it. The open, it's kind of open. It's been burnt a few years ago. And so there's some little aspens growing back now, but I just figured that was the best way to go about it. Yeah, so you kind of knew where to set up and what it looked like before. Yeah, I wish Man. I would have had some uh, some more pictures from 16 of where I shot from and everything. Cause it, I mean, it's identical. That's <laughs> cool. It, it was crazy. How big was your buck in 16? Is it on your Instagram? Yeah, he's uh, he, he taped at 180 and some change. Oh, okay. Is it the one there's like a... A stream going through. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He ended up dying right, right in the bottom of the canyon there, and this one actually died up on the hillside still. But. And then how big was your your 2019 buck? You get to take uh, he was 187 and some change. Yeah, his eye guards look gnarly. Dude, I, I knew that they were tall when I. Well, I knew they were tall when I seen him through the spotting scope, but I had no idea they were bladed like they are. 
And then that same beam that. on on his right side. That's pretty cool too. Looks like yeah, it kind of got a big short. wave in it. Yeah. Yeah, he he ended up growing when he hit the ground. I didn't think he was quite that big. I figured he was close to the one I got in 16. And from what we had seen so far, I just I figured he was big enough for me and ended up ground growing. So that's good. <laughs> yeah, that that is always good. So with that being kind of like a migratory hunt, is is that kind of the best way you find found to hunt those those dates? Is kind of just get up high in glass because I feel like those mid October hunts and early October, you're only going to see a buck once. So you, for the most part, yeah. is that kind of what you find? Yeah, they seem. I mean that that pre rut range right there. They're after the muzzleloader hunts and everything have passed, they seem really nocturnal. Only maybe half hour in the morning, half hour at night. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, over there on that unit, they all start migrating south right there at the start of October. And so okay. for me, it was start at the southern end and just kind of work your way north until you started getting into them. Yeah. So do you was, think I was told that from some some local, I have some local uh, relations there that kind of helped you with that. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Do you think it, without your knowledge from the 2016 season that you kind of scouted for and hunted, do you think you still would have killed that buck or probably not? Similar? Yeah. I mean, we, we spent a lot more time in 16 that hunt. I ended up taking that one down to the second to last day. So I spent nine days on the unit hunting. And then I also spent oh, four weekends throughout the summer scouting. So I spent a lot more time in 16. I just, I wasn't able to this year. Or yeah. Last year. Yeah. Well, you weren't expecting the draw or anything. like you said. Oh, for sure. Hunt. It was a total surprise to me. So it was, uh, but yeah, without that knowledge, I would have been going in blind and no idea where I would have ended up. Okay, so now, now I'm kind of scrolling down through your Instagram. Um, your 2018 Colorado buck. <laughs> That's a cool looking deer. Can we hear that, that is, story too? Yes, I'm going to throw someone under the bus too, but I don't know. It's still missing the podcast, so it's okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, that was another one. That was a new unit to me. I seen. I just thought third season. Uh, every, according to Epic, they killed some big bucks in it every year, and so I just went for it. I had enough. I only had three points, so I wanted that was going to be my only hunt of the year. So I figured I'd do it, and uh, it was very discouraging for the first four days <laughs> really just no rut <laughs> the, the amount of people that were elk hunting and not seeing any deer other than right in town in all the agriculture fields it was uh i thought i made a mistake right and i the best buck i had seen was he was like a 164 point on the one side and his other side was just a big spike. That was the best deer I'd seen after four days. Oh, geez, that gets tough. Oh, it was, yeah. And I, I mean, I had five days left, so it was okay. Cause the hunt's supposed to get better as it gets later. Yeah. So 
I was still kind of positive, but wasn't really sure what to expect anymore. And uh, driving down the road, and I there's a really sharp corner that I I went around, and my my dad's friend was in the back seat, and he says, "Hey, there's a nice buck." And I was like, "Well, how nice was it?" And we were we down low in the cedars, and he uh, he's like, "Oh, I think you need to turn around and look at it." And I was like, "Well, if it's not." Like if it's not what I'm looking for, then I don't I don't want to waste my time, you know. Yeah, he, uh, he said, "Well, I think you ought to turn around. It was pretty nice." I was like, "Okay." So <laughs> I, I flip around, and as I'm flipping around, he's like, "I think he's like 165, 22 inch four point." And I was like, "Why am I turning around, then? <laughs> and he's like, "Well, you already turned around, so go look." So I turn around, and I I drive back up, <laughs> right there on the corner. That buck's a hundred yards off the road, standing there looking at us. No. <laughs> and I was like, my the first thing my dad says was, "Kid, you might want to shoot that one." And I was like, "Yeah, I think I, <laughs> I think I want to." And uh, I got out and I I couldn't get a shot off at him, and he went off into the cedars, and that was that for the evening. And uh, the next day, didn't see him, and I figured he was coming off the mountain, headed down to the fields with all the does. And so I thought that was the only time I got to see him. And uh, went back two days later, and my dad was, I was up on the hillside while he was walking some cedars, and a couple bucks came out, but they were just little dinks, and uh, radioed him, and I said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to head back to the truck, and I'll meet you there, or whatever, and I'd take about, I don't know, 10, 15 steps, and I could hear my radio going, so I, I was like, you try and talk to me, and he says, kid, I'm going back to the truck and there's bucks running everywhere. And I was like, all right. So I hurried and sat down. I pulled up my binos and the very first deer I seen was him running Uh-oh. through the cedars. <laughs> and so I hurried and ranged him and like got on the shooting sticks and stuff. And I squirrels went off and with the recoil and stuff, I had no idea if I hit him, he was 400 yards. And, uh, I radio my dad and I'm like, I have no idea if I got him, but I haven't seen him come out anywhere. So, he goes down there and he's walking around. I, I got my dad right where he was and he can't find him. And so I thought I missed him. And then uh, I told him I'd just come down there and help him uh, look for it. And I, about halfway to him, he radioed me and said he found him. And uh, yeah, I smoked him right behind the front shoulder, just folded him up right behind a tree. <laughs> and yeah, he, he grew too. He was no, no. 165 22 inch buck <laughs> <laughs> yeah it doesn't look like it at all <laughs> he he still doesn't hear the end of that story <laughs> that's funny my dad's friend doesn't it was it was funny yeah that looks like a real good buck he splits on his g2 right yeah yeah he splits on his g2 and a g3 on his uh right side oh yeah okay i see that now yeah that's sweet did you put a tape on yeah. him at all just curious yeah He's uh, 202 and 4'8". Jeez. Yeah, that's a little bigger than 160. Oh, yeah, that's what I said. I sent him a picture of it because he had to leave that next day after we seen him the first time, and so I sent him a picture. He said, oh, I was wrong. (laughs) Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. So was that the first time you hunted that unit? That was, yes. Yeah. So like and, and that's 
every everyone keeps asking me that they're like, you going back? Are you going to hunt it again? And asking me what unit it was, and I I'm I'm pretty open about it because I'm probably not going to hunt it again. From what I've seen, I think I got really lucky, and <laughs> yeah, that's it's not something I'm going to put in for again. So didn't get much weather or anything either. It looks like at least on the ground, no. it was pretty dry. Yeah, we had one little storm that put down like two inches of snow that second day, and that was it. And then other than that, it was—I mean, it was cold. It was—it was really cold, but the uh, the snow never really showed up. Was was he rotten at all when you killed killed him? Or yeah, so he wasn't with those, but he was hanging real close to him. Okay, and he Maybe has. Like he had to have been rutting at some point because he has his neck is just giant. So when when they were all running, did someone kind of spook them or? Yeah, it was my dad when he was he was walking back to the truck. Oh, okay. He kind of. Yeah, and he he jumped him. He didn't see him. He just said he's got deer running everywhere, and so I heard him sat down, and I seen he was he was running by himself off through the cedars, so. <laughs> that's so cool yeah it looks like you stole that buck <laughs> oh I did <laughs> it's all it's all 90% luck well it looks like you're getting lucky a lot because I, <laughs> I keep scrolling down to the other bucks on your on your Instagram feed and you have a lot of bucks in bold so tell us about your, your guiding a little bit what units you guide in and kind of maybe what you think about those units and now look for the 2020 season yes uh, so for the most part I guide uh, Central Manti here in Utah and uh, every once in a while I'll get a Wasatch client or maybe Beaver East or so but I mean Beaver is pretty well known as a stud unit for bulls but uh, Manti is kind of on the on the low when it comes to big bulls it's managed for that five to six year old range and 300 to 330 type bulls but um our goal for all our hunters is always 350 or better and we try and stick to that um and this year is shaping up to be really good last year there was a lot of good bulls running around and uh, yeah it looks like you guys did really good last year yeah last year was uh like i said i was booked to the max and it was it was fun i spent on the archery hunt with uh, the one hunter we hunted 28 days so it finally came together but uh then i had an opening day rifle hunter kill and <laughs> second day the muzzleloader those hunts didn't last long but that that archery hunt was enough it was it was yeah, brutal for the first how do you stay focused that long like, how do you stay motivated and focused when you're when you're out there hunting 28 days? It's got to be mentally challenging. Yeah, especially after, I mean, this year in general was very odd, I guess. The bulls, with the late winter we had last year, it seemed like the bulls grew late and then held onto their velvet longer and stayed, stayed more summer range before migrating into the rut. And then even when the rut came, it was super dead like there was two or three good days was all it seemed like and uh it just seemed like everything was like two weeks late compared to normal and so it it made things that archery hunt almost missed it missed the yeah 
Yeah, that so that bull we ended up taking, um, we'd actually he'd actually missed him, I think three times prior to getting him, and that was three days in a row. <laughs> was that towards the the end? When you missed? Him? Yeah, that was that was the second week of September, like right at the end of the hunt. Okay. He uh, he was starting to rut. He had about thirteen. 13, 14 cows with him. And so it was kind of easy to keep track of him. All the other bulls are still moving around, but he was, he seemed like he was pretty dead set on where he wanted to be. But <laughs> hunting, hunting Manti so much, I kind of get to follow the bulls summer to winter every year, all the way to shed season. And so I kind of have them patterned for the most part, especially bigger ones that we know about that we usually come back same place every year. So, so would you say Manti is your favorite unit to guide on? Yeah, not. I guess I can't say for the quality because it's definitely not comparable to our southern units. But I know it so well. I've, I grew up here. I've lived here my whole life, and uh, I get to hunt general deer on it almost every year. So um, I say that's where the majority of my bucks come from. Okay. But. Uh, yeah, it's definitely one that I know the best, so I, I love spending time up there. And then do you guide for deer as well? Uh, very rarely. I uh, I guess most part I wouldn't call it guiding. I'd call it helping, like on the Henrys and units like that. Probably be down there this year, I think. Um, the same buddy that was with me, in, or my dad's buddy that was with us in Colorado on that hunt, he should be you're on the archery tag, I believe this year oh that's gonna be fun so i'll probably be most of my summer down there i think <laughs> that'll be a fun a fun summer hopefully yeah. oh yeah I, I love it i usually make a trip every year just to just to look before the archery hunt before they kill all the big ones but i didn't that, make it last year but you, is yeah, that a big buck um that you're holding with like the cheaters on both sides is that a buck you helped with on the Henrys? Yeah, that was my uh, my grandpa, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, that was his buck. He uh, took him 21 years to draw, I think. Was it the so, rifle bag? Yeah. And there were so many people after that deer. <laughs> Jeez, that's a giant deer. So how did you guys out-hunt everyone and kill it then? Man, I uh, I found him. So I had the week off of college um, before the hunt. And so I spent the whole week down there myself. And I found that deer on Tuesday. And uh, that was the only time I ever seen him. But he was he was with five other bucks. And the, the one was a like a freak cactus buck. Uh-huh. And so opening day came. And I found another big five that was in velvet still that... I was trying to talk my grandpa into, but he wanted one with trash and stuff. So opening morning came, and there are headlights everywhere and people everywhere. You <laughs> think right you do a limited entry tag. <laughs> oh, man, it was crazy. It, I felt like I was hunting the general. And There's uh, that many people. That's crazy. Yeah, I think there were, so what is there, 22 tags, and I think there were five or six people that were hunting that deer and then they all have their 
10 people helping them. So there was a lot of people around. <laughs> but uh, me and my grandpa walked out this ridge with, there's another guy in front of us. And we got down on a point and uh, didn't see nothing all morning long. And probably about 10, 30, 11, we started heading back to the truck and I just caught a glimpse of a, a deer going over the hill and it was a, it was that cactus buck. And so I told my grandpa, I said, I'll bet he's still with the big one from Tuesday. And so we went back and met up with my dad and made a game plan. And me and my grandpa went up on the ridge where that buck had crossed. And from us to the road, so the road's right underneath us, and there's a patch of cedars. And then from, from us to the road's only 150 yards or so. And I was like, dude, he's probably laying right here. And so I, I, it might be frowned upon, but... I started tossing a couple rocks down into the cedars. Yeah. And like 20 bucks came running out of there. <laughs> no way. Like, like all hell broke loose. <laughs> and one of them was his buck. It, it went down and jumped, went across the road and went up on the other hillside at about 300 yards. And uh, he smoked it. No way. Were you guys freaking uh, out? <laughs> Dude, I couldn't, like, with how much room is in between us and the road and how many bucks came running out of there, it was crazy. Like, <laughs> they all just had to have been, they are all just laying right there 50 yards off the road in the thick cedars. That's crazy. That makes me wonder how many bucks I've driven on the right path. No, oh, man. My, uh, that actually, my dad was hunting Wyoming the one year in, in some high sage country, and, uh, one of the bucks he's killed was actually standing in the road when they were about a thousand yards away. And then they drove down there and they watched him walk off side of the road. And so when they got down there, they looked glassing for him on the hillsides and stuff. Uh-huh. And, uh, he looks out his window and that buck is like 10 yards off side of the road laying in the sagebrush looking at him. No way. <laughs> Just trying to wait for him to drive by. Holy crap. That's insane. Oh, I, I never, never really underestimate how smart they are when they just let you walk on by and stuff like that. Jeez. So how big is that Henry's buck? Like, what's his width with his cheaters and stuff? Yeah, he's 214 and something. Okay. Change, something like that. Jeez. Such a big deer. Oh yeah, that's I mean that's the biggest one I've been a part of. I uh, the biggest mistake I ever made, and I told myself I wouldn't do it. I was chasing one that was like that on the general. No, I. Years ago. And uh, I always told my like I I've learned over the years that big bucks don't don't leave their home like they when they got a place figured out and they can get away, and they know it so well they don't want to leave you know and. Two years in a row, I I slipped up on that deer, and then a guy ended up killing him. Uh, a, a local guy from here ended up killing him right in front of me the second year I was chasing him. No way. Yeah, and it was all because I didn't follow my own motto. <laughs> you kept you, I, you kept leaving the looking at different areas, or what? what yeah, kind? there were 
he he had been in that same place all summer long the year before, and then I got in close. Um, so the first year I was chasing him, I got in close, and then a guy bumped him that I don't think knew about him, and then I never seen him again. The rest of the archery hunt, muzzleloader and rifle, and so that next year came, and I I told myself it was him or nothing again, and I found him late June and watched him all summer again, exact same place. And uh, I don't know what happened, but one weekend he decided to go right up next to the road and everybody was looking at him. And I knew what was coming for opening weekend with all the people and stuff, but I did not expect there were 19 hunters on the hillside. No way. Going after him. And uh, it was, I just thought it was over. Like no one, no one seen him, and I thought he had went went to his second hiding or whatever, and just was never going to show himself again. And so that next, the second day, I just I went looking for a different buck I had found. And about mid morning, my dad radios me and he says, "Hey, that uh, your buck's right where he was." And I was like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "He's like right where all those people just were yesterday. He's there now." Holy cow. And so I tried to get over there, but a guy had, had already got there before me. So I was more or less trying to get set up in case he bumped him or something, and he ended up getting him. And, uh, How big was it? It was a heartbreaker. I'm not, I, won't, I won't make that mistake again. <laughs> yeah. That's rough, especially watching them. Like, yeah, he was. Like watching them get killed by another guy. Yeah, I think he was bigger uh, the first year I was chasing him because then we had that really hard winter in 17. Oh, okay. And when he, he came back, he was still, I mean, the guy that killed him, he was 211, I think. But he lost a bunch of extras that he had from the year prior. <laughs> so he got smaller, but he was still 211. Yeah. That's crazy. Yep, and I'll probably never get an opportunity like that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's on a general season year. That's that's pretty tough. Yeah, I mean, I I set my my standards on for general for me. I'm trying to kill 180 plus stuff, and that's uh, that was probably a once in a lifetime on the general. So yeah. So after talking about all these bucks you've helped and you're a part of, and then the bucks you've killed. Um, not many people have killed that many bucks, and let alone that many big bucks. What do you feel like uh, you're doing differently, or what kind of sets you apart from just a typical hunter? Um, man, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't... I consider myself just a, just a typical hunter, you know? I, I have expectations, but I spend a lot of time. I don't think there's anything that can replace spending time in the field. Um, even cameras, I mean, they help, but that's a very small part of how I find deer anyways. I like to find them. I, I glass, and I spend as much time as possible. And I, don't ask me how. I've had a girlfriend for, uh, we've been together almost 10 years. <laughs> I don't know how she deals. I don't know how she deals with it. 
<laughs> well, that's good, but it's uh, it's impressive. <laughs> how many? I get her to go lately sometimes, though, so it's okay. Oh, okay, there we go. <laughs> not how not many, often, but sometimes she she loves hunting too, just not as not obsessed with it like I am. <laughs> not as much as you. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I I'd, I'd say time for the most part. Um, I see a lot of people that don't I don't know how to explain it. not to, don't not that they don't glass but they don't spend the time required in a certain area or so that they kind of just glass over deer that are actually there so how they, many they might, days not, be, they might not be visible for 30 seconds but then they take a couple steps and they are and someone who just glassed over is like oh there's nothing here and left yeah exactly so how many days or like glassing sessions, will you spend in like a canyon or an area that you've picked out that might might hold bucks? Like, are you are you doing like a night and an evening or? Um, how, yeah. How so for for me on at least for general season here in Utah, I uh, I've got a pretty good idea of where deer like to be and everything on the unit. So I'll check all those places and without going back to the same place twice until I see something. And then once I've checked all my spots, then I will go back and spend multiple days in each place just because they have, I mean, each deer has their own pattern. It, it could be two days long, it could be four days long. Um, never know if they go over one canyon and then come back and stuff like that. So I'll, I'll, I'll look at each spot at least once and making my rounds and then when I hit my restart then I'll spend multiple days on the spot. Okay. So do you kinda of have that you kinda of have that is that more in your head or are you like you have like spots kind of written down or mapped out that you're kinda of like checking off? Yeah, there's there's spots that especially from years prior where I've seen if there's a buck that I want to see if he made it back. Um he made it through the winter and he's back on the summer range in the same place for the most part our deer will be within a canyon or two of where they summer each year okay. and so that's a, a good starting point for me anyways on deers that i deer i seen the year prior on if they're going to come back or not so and then you kind of is that kind of different with the elk are they you feel like they kind of summer in the same areas that maybe rot in different areas so elk um from what i've noticed some are very close to the same place just like the deer and then when they rut they actually will rut very in a very very similar place oh really okay yeah so it's a lot of people will find some summer bulls and then find the closest cows and think that's where the bulls are going to end up when really We've had bulls that go over 20 miles to rut, and they just they walk past hundreds of cows, but it's it's where they know. And so that's what we found is most bulls, they'll have their summer range, and then they'll rub velvet, and then they got their little transition time. It's usually that first week of September where they're heading to their rutting grounds. Okay, yeah, so that's what I was going to ask the follow-up. Uh, so you feel like around the 1st of September is when they're going to kind of break out of that summer range and go 
to search for their their routing grounds. Yeah, so That's pretty typical. Yeah, usually here they'll uh, they rub around that second week of August or so, and then probably the last week of August, first week of September is when they're moving. Once that velvet comes off, everything starts to change really with the bulls. They tend to they're more nocturnal going staying in the timber and stuff like that rather than being out on the ridges. Okay. And uh, yeah, yeah and, and they're in their transition time to, to head to the rut grounds and then same coming out of the rut grounds they'll usually end of September, first week of October. They're starting to move from rutting grounds and heading back towards their summer range. Hmm. That's interesting. So you feel like um So, like, are you hunting summer bulls with your archery hunters, like, the first week, or are you kind of banking on um, finding them in the migration? Like, do you put in time, like, trying to pattern a, a bull for your archery hunters to hunt them, like, the first three to five days, or is that kind of a waste of, of time? Yeah, so we try, and if we're able to get a pretty good pattern on him, then... We uh, we give them the option if they if they'd like to come and and give it a shot. But uh, most people always want the the rutting screening bulls. Yeah. Bow, so most, <laughs> yeah. So most of them choose that last week of the archery hunt. But uh, there's a few that that have came and like that guy 128 days with man. He he almost killed opening day and then <laughs> oh really 27 more days. So. Mm. He almost killed a, a like a three fifty bull in the velvet on opening day. Gosh. And then uh, yeah. He passed on a lot of bulls. I mean he he was he was the plan was to stalk everything that was three thirty or better. Just it's an odds game really with a bow. And uh, mm-hmm. so he, he put stocks on and ended up passing a few bulls that were right there, right right close to that three thirty mark and then uh once the rut came around, a, a few better bulls started turning up, and then it was he. Uh, it was stock after stock, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be fun, though. Oh, it was. I was having fun watching him. I don't know if he was having fun hiking <laughs> those mountains. But... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. So, what did your what did your 2020 season look like? I know a lot of the draws haven't came out yet, but do you have anything? in the works or planned out man i don't i uh i'm hoping i draw a dedicated tag i haven't had a deer tag on manti the last two years i've just been watching bucks <laughs> Jeez, so that's tough. I, I hope i end up with one but uh other than that i again i, I don't plan on drawing anything i don't don't have any points built up anywhere uh, yeah Maybe get lucky if uh, if it all works out. I might draw Wyoming if I decide to change units and go with one of my buddies. I might be drawing that, but I'm kind of waiting to see what happens in Colorado before I do that. Are you kind of on the bubble with the unit on Colorado? Well, my dad is. Oh, okay. He's he's right on the edge of, and I don't know what's going to happen with all with the coronavirus going around and all that. <laughs> Yeah. No idea what's going to happen to draws. So he's, it's a really good unit on a third season tag, and I'd rather 
save my time for that rather than hunt Wyoming. So yeah, I'll uh, I'm gonna wait to see. Hopefully, wait to see if he draws. It'll be close to knowing if Colorado's results are out by the time we have to put in for Wyoming or not. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and then hopefully Utah credit cards start getting hit here soon, so we know what's going on. Man, I I text that guy every week asking if Utah's hit his card for the Henrys yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that'll be exciting if he gets, if he pulls that. It's got to be a real. Oh, Oh, I'm pretty excited. He should. He would have drew it last year. He tried. He tried getting a premium tag on a different unit, and uh, he would have drew it last year. So this year, I'm pretty sure he will. Yeah, I feel like I feel like that archery hunt too is one of the better hunts because some of the deer are usually dead yet. <laughs> yeah, usually the biggest, for the most part, the biggest deer of the year gets killed on the archery hunting, especially for the rifle hunters, for the deer to make it through archery and muzzle litter down there, it's kind of tough. Yeah. Yeah, that, that those top-end bucks usually get knocked off every year. But. Yeah, they don't have a lot of hiding spots down there. <laughs> well, sweet. Well, can you kind of like tell them how they could, um, if they draw one of the tags you guide in, what's the best way to get a hold of you and so. Yeah, if you, uh, I mean, if they have, anyone has any questions or any, really about anything, it doesn't have to be for a guide or anything like that, but if you have questions about any of the units or anything, I can help you out as much as I can, but uh, either through my Instagram, the RidgeRunners underscore RR, or on uh, Huge's Guide Service, just shoot us a direct message. I uh, I run both of them, so I can answer on either. Cool, yeah. Yeah, that'll be cool, hopefully. Well, I appreciate you getting on and <laughs> telling us all your stories. <laughs> it's fun to yeah, hear. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me. Like I said, I was- all right, guys, thanks for listening to another episode of the Dirty Giants podcast. We're going to be putting out podcasts every week. We're going to try to get them out by Monday um, for Muley Story Monday, so be sure to uh, keep watching and um look for new podcasts. Anyways, thanks for listening. If you have any feedback or ideas or uh, know of people who have killed a lot of big bucks, feel free to reach out um, on our Instagram page. It's um, just Dirty Giants on there. So, Anyways, let me know and thanks again for listening.